Welcome to Dogs vs. All Y'all, a weekly college football podcast where we discuss not only my favorite team, the Georgia Bulldogs, but we talk all things college football, hence all y'all. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and look us up on Instagram at Suplex Dinner Club and Go Dogs. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Dogs vs. All Y'all, a college football podcast where we don't just talk about the two-time, two-time <laughs> defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. We talk about all things college football, hence all y'all. Once a month, we do our college football roundtable where I invite one, a couple of my buddies who are college football fans, and we just talk about a couple of the little hot topics going on. And once the season cracks off, that's when we're going to start coming with the predictions and all that good stuff. So um, first and foremost, I want to thank both of you guys for coming. It's definitely, definitely a pleasure knowing you guys personally, but also being able to podcast with y'all. So uh, I'm going to introduce you. And I also, as always, I always have a question for you with your introduction. So first... This is a two-time Suplex Dinner Club guest. Uh, this gentleman is on the West Coast, but he is representing those damn war eagles or war damn eagle. It's the homie Zach. What's happening, Zach? How you living? Man, living the dream, brother. Can't complain. I appreciate you having me back. Congratulations on the recent wedding, by the way. Appreciate beautiful that. pictures. You and your beautiful wife. My question to you, Zach, is very simple one. I wouldn't say it's simple, but kind of. <laughs> Who is the greatest player in Auburn history? Yeah, there's there's a couple options, right? Definitely. But I feel like if you know, you could say two names, and I'd be okay with both those names. But uh, I'm a little old school at heart. I'm gonna go with Bo. I nice. think that he's uh, he's probably the best player we've ever seen in football. Period. So and the fact that he came out of my school is. Very nice. I appreciate that. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Bo Jackson. I like that. I like that. One of the greatest athletes of our time growing up. We're very fortunate to have been able to see him dominate on two two eras. I really wish he would have been able to do the same thing in the NFL, but that injury, man. It hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I guess the other option would be Cam. I would imagine. Oh no, I was gonna go with Sammy Coates, but uh, mm. <laughs> no, I'm going. It was Cam Newton. It was absolutely Cam Newton. Okay, <laughs> all right. I was, I was just checking. Oh. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, whoa. You wanna, yeah, you want to throw a name out there every once in a while? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this guy talking about? Right, but, right, yeah, right. Definitely Cam Newton and Bo Jackson for sure. All right, cool. Well, welcome again to the podcast, brother. Appreciate it. The other panelists. He is one fourth of the all. Mark's pie. He is representing those Trojans of Southern California. Yes, sir. It's the homie Brad. What's yes, happening? Sir. Oh man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, honored to be on today. I love college football, so I'm honored. Uh, I'm gonna give you my government. It's Brad. Okay. Um, Brad Young. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Facebook, Bradley Young Jr. I am there. Um. And when the season gets started, you already know we we talking all college football all week round, Saturdays, Sundays, a little NFL yeah. gonna get blended in on there, and a little fantasy football talk gonna get blended in on there too. So Okay. See both of y'all are definitely gonna be able to connect on the fantasy football. For so, sure. All right. And and Brad, question for you. Who is the greatest player? You got a long list, by the way. Uh, who is the greatest list. player in USC history? Um, man, listen. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, before I get started on that, and I don't want to take up too much time, just want to shout a few people out. want to shout out okay. Troy Palomalu, Ronnie Lott, okay. OJ Simpson, Junior Seau, Carson Palmer, Keyshawn Johnson, Lynn oh, Swan, off now. Yeah. Marcus off. Allen, Anthony Munoz, <laughs> Charles White, Willie McGinnis, 
Chris Claiborne, Rodney Pete, Clay Matthews, Malcolm Smith, the Super Bowl MVP. But for my greatest Trojan of all time, and it's going to be recency bias, I got to go with Reggie Bush, Mr. Okay. Excitement. Um, man, it it wasn't nothing like him. He was He was a pleasure to watch. For me, he was kind of the precursor to what we see today as far as how the backs are being used in the NFL, uh, which, by the way, I think they are being undervalued. And um, if if college football had a fantasy, he would have been automatic points, reception, uh, rushing yards, all of that. So I got to go with Reggie Bush, man. I got to go with Reggie Bush. Oh, and Adoree Jackson. Shout out to Adoree Jackson. Yeah, shout out to him. He's he's Adoree is actually from my family's area of East St. Louis and that area. I got the that's where I got the two from. So I got just shout out to shout out to both of those. Reggie was always a highlight, man. It was crazy how oh, sure. he actually graduated the same year I did. And um which is oh three. And I remember because being a football player and you have egos once you're in newspapers and preseason stuff, you're like, okay, what coaches are actually paying attention to you? Right. And I remember I was always obsessed with it, uh, more so out of ego or anything. Like, um, and I remember looking at recruiting uh, magazines and seeing guys, and I was like, who is this Reggie Bush dude? And then once I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, it's levels to this shit, man. You, you want to hear a funny story? So yeah, my aunt, my aunt and uncles are pastors. My aunt married, her husband's name is Reggie Bush. So Fox mm. was doing this show where you swap with the celebrity you have the same name as. And they kept calling my uncle like, yeah, we want you to do this show with Reggie Bush. And my uncle kept hanging up on him like somebody's playing on my phone, right? <laughs> but it turns out it was a legit thing. And they were trying to get him in contact with Reggie Bush so they could do a household swap with him and Reggie Bush. That's the true that's, story. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right. Well, again, I want to thank both of you gentlemen for joining me for the panel. Listeners, once again, we do this once a month. So if you haven't already, follow the brand at Suplex Dinner Club. That's home of two pro podcast projects that I'm working on, one being Dogs versus All Y'all. And on Wednesdays, it's more casual conversations with some very interesting people that I've met in hospitality. That podcast is called the Life and Times Podcast. So let's go ahead and get into it, gentlemen. Oh, my answer, greatest there player. There we go. It's got to be Herschel. It's got to be Herschel. I was like, if it's not all running backs across the board, I think yes. we have a problem. It's <laughs> got to be Herschel. Herschel's. Herschel's the greatest Georgia player, but my personal favorite to watch was definitely Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was mm. just like, it was like, what the hell is this human being? Like he's 6'2", 230, and pulling away from everybody. So, Leaping over people, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. He was the man, so shout out to him. All right, gentlemen, we're going to get into it. First topic of tonight is, is college game day washed? Now, for listeners, College Game Day is a staple for us college football fans. It's been around, surprisingly, since 1987 on ESPN. Uh, it's gotten a number of hosts, has had a number of uh, traditions here and there. And as years has gone by, it has evolved into essentially what, I mean, it feels like a concert. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a live taping, but it's definitely an experience. I would highly recommend any college football fan to at least go once, at least go once, because the whole uh, Lee Corso picking a mascot head, that's an experience, just having a bands out there depending on who's playing. And sometimes having the rival coaches or the actual coach coming out there. I know Kirby came out a couple times in Athens, that was fun. It was a huge experience. It's, in fact, for any of my listeners that have went to HBCU, I would compare it to like a homecoming at an HBCU. It's 
that kind of magnitude where people are barbecuing around. You have millions of families around. You can't park anywhere. You got to get there early if you want to have fun. So have you guys ever been to a college game day uh, experience? I have not. You haven't? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Zach, you yeah, haven't? I, okay. Yeah, I was, I was able to go down in uh, Gainesville. When, nice. they did it down, when they did it down in Florida one year, that was that was a blast. So, nice. yeah, it's like you said, man, it's an experience. It really is. It's like, like you said, man, it's like going to a, like going to a show. Yeah, like it's like for you're sure. At a concert for sure. It's, it's it's a blast. It's really fun. Yeah, but um, back to College Game Day though. Um, with recent news of hosts moving on to other brands, mm. some hosts being let go. Mm-hmm. My guy David Pollock is one of those people who got right. let go uh, right. out of nowhere, honestly, but yeah. it is what it that is. Was, that was really shocking. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. And they've added on people. Uh, one I we can talk about later, which would be Pat McAfee, but um, it's a lot of tension, I would say, amongst the fan bases of college football in general. And they're saying you're bringing on the wrong people you're letting go of the wrong people and it's a whole lot of complaining surrounding not just ESPN but more specifically to this podcast college game day so you know my question to you guys and I'm going to start with you Zach you know uh is college game day wash bro I think it's one of those things where I still get so excited for it on Saturday mornings. Like it's one of those things that has been a part of the ritual for 20 years. So it's mm-hmm. like, it wouldn't be the same if college game day wasn't around. Right. I don't think the college football will still have that kind of feel to it for me, at least. Right. Uh, is it washed in a sense? Yes. Um, mm. But also it's one of those shows where it's just like, no matter how bad it gets, I'm tuning in, you know, I've been, I've been watching Lee Corso be racist on TV for 25 years. You know what I mean? So like, I, I can't stop. I can't stop now. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm not going to stop now, you know? Uh, but I think, you know, Kurt being on there, that really helps. Uh, I love the addition of Pat. I guess we'll talk about that later. Uh, I think he brings just a whole other aspect of football to that team. Uh, Desmond, Desmond's amazing. I think he's got some of the best, he's got one of the best football minds ever, even though he's a Michigan mm-hmm. guy. Like I think he's, he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I still very much enjoy the show. I'm still going to tune in regardless of all the hate and all that. It's just a part of my Saturday mornings. You know, that's, I feel when, I get, that. that's when I get my coffee, sit in my recliner and turn the TV on. So Hell yeah. And it's super early for you on the West Coast. Yeah, it's like seven in the morning. Yeah. So, mm, but I mean, yeah. but that's, that's even better. You know what I mean? That's even better because my old ass is waking up at six o'clock every morning now. So that's it's, perfect. it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Brad, what, what about you, man? Um, well, I guess I'm going to say it remains to be seen um, how this new uh, group of broadcasters is going to work. Um, I wouldn't say it watch because just like Zach, I still enjoy um, watching college game day. I'm from the Midwest originally. I'm from Michigan. So college football is fall for us. It's our favorite time of the year in the Midwest. So we know when it's fall, it's college football game day. We love the the fanfare. Uh, we love the I love the little player pieces they do each week. Like they mm-hmm. find something interesting about some of the top players and some of the uh, unknown players who they put on your radar uh, for the season. And they do player profiles and things of that nature. And you get to lock in on some of these uh, kids and some of these future superstars and get to see what drives them and uh, find out some uh, fun qualities. And it adds a humanistic aspect to some of the bigger players in the country. Um, And again, with Desmond Howard, outside of his actual predictions, I was Zach on that too. He's one of the greatest minds when it comes to uh, statistics and breaking down plays. And that's where we're going to miss Pollock at, too, because Pollock was amazing at breaking down plays. And as a a guy who loves defense and as a former defender, um, Pollock really brought it home. Um, So for to say it's washed, I wouldn't say it's totally washed, but we're going to see how this new cast uh, works out. I am totally, we're totally, totally going to miss David Pollock. Uh, he was a staple. He was a great fit and uh, still kind of don't understand why he was let go of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he he posted something on online. Uh, it was very classy, classy response of 
about thanking ESPN for that opportunity because right. as you guys know, y'all are familiar, you know, he got hurt very early right. in his NFL career and his career was over because of a spinal injury. So yep. never had any broadcasting experience. They gave him that opportunity and he capitalized off of it for damn near a decade. So, you know, he was very thankful for that. I mean, that's, it's not going to be the last time we see him either. No, like, so, if no, somebody no. doesn't pick him up, that'd be mind-blowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the credentials that he has because of game day can allow him to go anywhere. Uh, like Tebow, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't Thanks. have any broadcast experience either, but he's slowly becoming, you know, on SEC Network every morning. You're like, okay, he's, he's, staple. he's getting there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's really coming into his own with it broadcasting. So, I think David Pollock's got a job anywhere that he wants. Yeah. He's, he's going to sit yeah. back and be like, y'all come to me. So. Definitely, definitely. So, Speaking of, uh, he's got a job anywhere and everywhere. We got to talk about Pat McAfee. Um, I've noticed, I've noticed this more and more online with college football fans, and they're mostly older than us, but they hate Pat McAfee, <laughs> and it's so weird to me. Like they, these fans hate Pat McAfee. While I'm on the complete opposite, I love the guy. I love what he brings. I mean, all three of us are college. I mean, uh, not only college football fans, but we're professional wrestling fans. And I'll be honest, some of the most entertaining commentary that I had as a, a professional wrestling fan past couple of years was Pat McAfee uh, mm -hmm. on SmackDown. It was right. fun. It was energetic. It was something new. Yeah. But with college football, it seems like a perfect fit. And to be low key, I do think they're ushering him in and getting Coach Corso out of there as being that figurehead. So um, I think right now the old guard of college football fans are kind of like uh, resistant to that change. But I love Pat McAfee. So, uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on Pat McAfee? Are you a fan of him? Are you a fan of what he's doing? Uh, so you actually took my complete thought, and it's in my notes. I do love Pat McAfee in the professional wrestling space from in the ring into commentary, and I feel like he adds a more um, younger, vibrant energy. And like you said, everyone notices Corso clock is ticking, and it is what it is. It is what it is. He he served the, the program well for his time there. But, you know, I see what they're trying to do with Pat McAfee. Um, I like it. He's more um, inclusive. He's a little bit more well-rounded when it comes to different things in pop culture and different yeah. culture. Um, it seems like uh, more people will be more comfortable speaking to him as well. Um, and he can liven up a conversation. So I like Pat McAfee. I have no problem with him. It was a great addition. Uh, I'm assuming once they heard him on WWE SmackDown, maybe that helped with him getting the job a little mm. bit, plus his pod. So, I mean, I'm with it. I, I like Pat McAfee on College Game Day. Yeah, I, I love his show. His his daily show is, is fucking content gold. You know, yeah. to be able to get Aaron Rodgers in there and Aaron Rodgers holds no punches. Right. Like he he literally he's he's a straight shooter on that podcast. He feels so comfortable and seeing somebody like Vince McMahon. I don't know if you watched it, but Vince was on there and yeah. Vince was open. He was loose. It was probably the most normal I've ever seen of Vince McMahon. So, Zach, what are your thoughts on Pat McAfee? I think you're on board with us that we're all fans of the guy. Yeah, I mean, he just, he brings such a, you know, and I don't really like using this word, but it kind of just fits him perfectly. He brings such a swagger to that to that show mm. that, that nobody else could. You know what I mean? So, I mean, his, his like you were saying, his podcast is unreal. Like, it's so fun. I watch it daily. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and plus, he's got a great football mind. I think that a lot of people are neglecting to realize that that guy was in the NFL for a long time. Correct. Like he, he was, he was, he was a great, great punter. He was a great kicker. Like people, people forget about that because of the other shit that he's been doing since he left the NFL. They've completely like, I guess like put that to the side and like, oh, he right. doesn't fucking talking about. But no, I mean, I think he, I think you're right. I think it's a change in the guard for sure. I think my son is going to grow up to watch Pat McAfee the same way that I grew up watching Lee Corso. 
You know what I mean? That's and a good I, point. I, yeah, and I hope to God that that's the case because he'll he'll be a lot better off than I was. So uh, yeah, man, I think it's I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. good job on ESPN Sport. That's a fact. And then also, I don't know if y'all ever listen. You know, when it's college football, uh, the playoff, they have multiple. Uh, they have different uh, broadcasts. And sure. one of those broadcasts during the playoffs and the national championship game, one of the options was like the Pat McAfee stream. And it was him and the guys on his podcast. And they're just goofing off. They're also talking football. It's like more relatable. I think it's way more late, more relatable for casual fans to have yeah. a Pat McAfee and those guys. Very similar like when Peyton and Eli do the Monday night Monday night football uh broadcast. Like my wife will watch that more than she'll watch uh straight line Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Like she she's bored watching them, but having uh Peyton make a joke on Eli, she's like locked in on that kind of stuff. So they have good dry humor too. They have good dry Definitely. humor. <laughs> Definitely. Not a fan. Not a fan. You're not a <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh next next topic. Um we're gonna talk about surprise teams for this upcoming season. One thing about this podcast, uh folks, we're gonna be making predictions. We're gonna be stepping out and uh standing beside our predictions. I'm gonna be putting out predictions weekly and you can hold me accountable to it. So okay. uh, we're going to do this by discussing a potential surprise team for this upcoming season. Last year's surprise team, obviously it was TCU. No one, no one picked them to win the big 12. No one. They were, I want to say uh, Vegas odds had them second or third to last and uh, preseason options of picking or winning the Big 12. They not only – they didn't win the Big 12, by the way. It was Kansas State. Mm -hmm. But but they the one game they lost was the Big 12 championship. They upset Michigan, a monumental upset by their mm -hmm. program standards. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to talk about the national championship game where they got smoked to – Whatever. It was a long bus ride, okay? They yeah. definitely got packed up. Those, those coaches will never show that game tape ever again. Ever again. And rightfully so. It's understandable. Two years ago, the surprise team was Cincinnati. Cincinnati uh, was not a power five team at the time. Now they are in the Big 12 this year. Uh, but they weren't, they weren't a power five team. They weren't a big five team, and they not only went undefeated, but they made it to the college football playoff. So mm -hmm. that was a huge surprise. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I want to know, like, do you think, and I'll start with you, Brett, do you think that this season we're going to see a monumental surprise team like the past two seasons? Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't, but I can give you a team I think is going to be there. Okay. Um, again, now this just being me, a lot of preseason is predicting, you know, your Georgias, your Bamas, Michigan, Ohio State. You, of course, they have us in the mix as well. Uh, again, that all depends on what Alex Grinch and that defense wants to decides to do at SC. But right. I can give you a dark horse team that may actually – uh, mess up the whole matrix, and that could be Penn State. Penn State has a very good roster. They have okay. a lot of returns, a very good secondary, great running backs. And, I mean, it's the Big Ten. Who knows? Um, Big Ten basically comes down to one, a few games. Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, right. and that's essentially it. Now, if Penn State can go and take care of business against a Michigan and Ohio State, I can see that happening. They have a really, really good uh, underrated team. So, I mean, there's my prediction right there. So, 
Okay. Um, but other I'm, than I'm that, push- I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're gonna get anyone outside of the top teams. Georgia's coming back with too much talent. Michigan is coming back with too much talent. Ohio State is coming back with too much talent. Alabama's coming back with talent. Caleb Williams is back, and we've bolstered that defense. We got a lot of great uh, people out of the um, the uh, transfer portal. Um, it's just a lot of great teams that's that's returning a lot of great players. So I, I don't know. I don't see it. All right, I'm gonna push back on you because you're my brother, and we okay, podcast we podcast weekly on All Marks Pod. Okay. I want to give me a surprise, surprise team. Like Penn, Penn State is okay. a, a, a top 10 ranked team. So okay. I want, I want to push back. I want you to shoot your shot. I want you to tell me some they're team t- that. They're a top 10 ranked team? Yeah. That, okay. I don't know where this team ranked, okay. but everybody's talking about him as a Heisman dark horse. Okay. Washington with Michael Penix Jr. Okay. Okay. They can make some noise. I like that. But in order to do so, they would have to beat us. That's why I didn't want to say them. But, (laughs) but I mean, I mean, everybody loves the kid. His stock is going up, 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 and Mm -hmm. he can, man, he can throw it, man. He can toss the pill for sure. Penix is he's nice, man. He's nice. I watched him all last year, and it's a complete difference because he was at Indiana the season before and he stunk up the joint like the whole team sucked but he definitely stunk it up and he goes to washington so at the beginning i'm like all right that's a change of pace whatever right but dude was throwing it everywhere and yeah. he beat he beat teams he beat texas in that bowl game like that's a talented team coming in this year yeah. i mean I, I continue to say it pac-12 is going to be must-see tv all season for me. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And um, one of the things is this: for the Pac-12 this year, all it takes is somebody to run the table. If we can get one undefeated team out there, we're in the playoffs. They mm-hmm. they were pushing for it with SC, even with the one Utah loss, but we lost mm-hmm. the Pac-12 championship. But um, my money's on SC. But if Pac-12 get an undefeated team out of the conference, they're shooing for that number four slot. I think. Okay, okay. Zach, who's your surprise team, man? Uh, you know, I was on the same train as uh, Brad over there. To be honest with you, I didn't really see anybody coming out of the woodwork and being like, bam, success. Uh, Utah was my team, to be completely honest. I think okay. uh, I think Cameron Rising is just a star. I think he's oh, one of those players that if you don't if you don't have that kid on your team, <laughs> yeah. you don't really have a team. Yeah, I hate it. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were a USC fan before we started this podcast. <laughs> uh, but, I, but, you know, I think, again, they're coming back with a lot of, lot of talent. Under that team, and I think you know, after winning last year and, and really getting themselves up the rankings, I think that that's one of the teams that I'm most looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to say the same thing to me that you said to Bradley, if you're going to give I me am. any kind of pushback. You know that. Uh, I'm going to say us. To be completely honest with you, man, okay. I think uh, our, our schedule is permitting. I think we have all of our our major games at home this year. We play mm. y'all at home. We play yeah. Bama at home. That's we play LSU at home. I think uh, Jordan Hare is a hell of a place to play for a lot of these SEC teams. And uh, I think that with Robbie being fully fully in for, for a year on, on how we're going to start running the offense and everything like that, I think he's a dynamic enough player to get us to where we need to be in the SEC. I mean, we'll find out come week uh, five, I think, is when our first real test is. Was you it a and It's A&M, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, we'll we see. But, Lost a lot, but we, we lost a lot too. But uh, I think our defense is our defense is big enough to, to come out there and be kind of scary to a lot okay. of those teams, at least secondary and linebacker wise. I think we'll, we'll cut off that middle of the field well enough to, to scare a lot of offenses. Uh, and plus, you know, I, I I don't really like the guy per se, but Hugh Freeze is a great coach. You know, we've, he is. we've seen what he's capable of doing. We know he what is. he's capable of in the SEC. He's one of the only coaches to ever beat. Uh, Nick Saban, Saban multiple, multiple times. times. Yep. So I mean, you know, we're right there in the pack. I feel like I feel like we can actually do it this year. A lot of young talent, a lot of speed. Do you think yeah. Robbie is your quarterback? Because uh, I know y'all got uh, Peyton Thorn from Michigan we, State. We did get Peyton Thorn. I do think we rock with Robbie. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, right? If okay. we didn't give him yeah. that shot to, to actually get in there and, and show us what he's capable of doing. Uh, if if by the middle of the year it's not that way, then we'll know. And we'll pull them, you know what I mean. But at that yeah. point, if we end up, if we end up doing that, we don't have a shot to win the SEC anyway. 
if we're pulling quarterbacks. But, uh, yeah, I think we give it to Robbie for sure. Okay, I like that. All right, my surprise team. I'm 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 shooting my shot, gentlemen. Let's hear it. Tulane. Ooh, uh, Tulane, uh. Tulane was a mm. was a train last year, and mm. they returned a lot of talent. Their star running back, he's gone, but their quarterback's back. Their I looked at their schedule. Their schedule is beyond manageable. They got I'm good DBs wondering. down there too. They got some they good do. DBs at Tulane. They I, I know firsthand. They got some. Good yeah, DBs exactly. Yeah. So, I I'm gonna say if Tulane goes undefeated, there's an outside shot. Outside shot. I don't know how. I don't know. They're gonna have to become like a media darling to get into the playoff. But if they're undefeated, Adam as a sacrificial lamb, number four. <laughs> Adam as a sacrificial lamb. Here's my thing about Tulane that I'm not going to like if they go undefeated and they get there. It's going to be, it all started with the win versus USC. Oh, yeah. That's blah, 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 blah. That's going to be the narrative. <laughs> They're going to ride it. Pause. And, I I mean, you know, they're they a very talented team, man. They're a very talented team. They did lose their star running back, but they have some great pieces in the secondary coming back. Some good players coming back. Um, So that's not a bad pick. I just don't I just don't want to see them be successful, but that's not a bad pick. I think yeah. it, I think it's I think it's one of those picks like a couple years ago when UAB was really getting into it. You know what I mean? Like they were they were rolling really hard and they were playing really really well, and then like towards the end of the season they kind of tail off. I can see that from Tulane being mm-hmm. one of those people that are in on college game day, be like, let's go to a fucking Tulane game. They're on fire, mm-hmm. and then and then they'll start playing. They'll start playing people. Like, I don't think they'll beat USC, right? I think they could put up a game against USC, and people will still be like, damn, Tulane is real because then they'll win the next four or five games. People are like, okay, they're they're a real team. So I, I I think that's a sneaky little pick. I think it's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a solid that's, pick. Yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got. All right. So uh, this has grown to be a tradition in our round, monthly roundtables, where we talk about Coach Prime and those Colorado Buffaloes, another Pac-12 team. This podcast is basically a Pac-12 podcast, uh, if you haven't noticed, listen. <laughs> but it's all good because the homie Brad is here, and we got to put on for the West Coast. But, but we but we are going to be going to the Big Ten. I got to get a USC jersey with the Big Ten. Ah, yeah. We headed to the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True that, true that. All right, so Colorado Buffaloes, gentlemen. Um, I want to know. Starting with you, Zach, what are your thoughts on uh, Coach Prime? What are your thoughts on what he's currently doing? Because because before you go, it's one of, if not the biggest, in my opinion, it's, it's definitely one of the biggest uh, social experiments ever in college football where you turn over that roster. So uh, what are your thoughts on Coach Prime and what he's doing thus far in Colorado? I, th- I think a lot of people are like, I can't, I can understand where there's some doubt coming, right? But we've seen what he's capable of doing with these kids. We've watched it firsthand last year. You know what I mean? Like it may not have been in, in a, you know, in a big five school, but I mean, it was impressive to say the least. Like he got those kids where they needed to be. And the fact that he brought them all with him, we know what he's capable of with that team. So the fact that we're even having a conversation of doubt when it comes to Colorado being at least a team that's talked about this season and not for the social experiment way, it was for the way they're playing ball, I think that's wild. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Coach is a, uh, he's, he's, he's a great coach. I mean, we've seen it happen. He's won championships already. You know what I mean? So so we can't really knock him for, for that. I think the transfer thing got a little out of hand. I think a lot of people kind of got like, oh, okay, you're just bringing the entire team with you. But, I mean, if they want to go, they want to go. Nobody, nobody made those kids do that. You know what I mean? So they wanted it's to be the coach because they have a lot of faith in what he's capable of doing. And at a big five school, that gives them a lot of press. That gives them a lot of availability to a lot of eyes that need to see it. You know? So, um, yeah, man, I think they're going to be a really good team. I think that's such a that's such a stacked conference, though, that it's just hard for them to kind of yeah. skyrocket to where they need yeah. to be. You know? It's going to definitely be a tough, tough uh, hill to climb for sure. Brad, man, he's going to be playing against your team. I want to say week three or week four. 
y'all are actually going to uh, Colorado. So what are your thoughts on Coach Prime? Um, I think, uh, first off, Deion Sanders is one of my favorite players all time. Uh, That's number one. Number two, I think he brings a lot of excitement to the game. I think he brings, excuse me, not to the game, but to the coaching aspect of the game. Um, I think he has carved out a lane to where we are going to see more NFL players, um, former players getting those jobs and moving up and getting the head coach position. As far as Colorado, the team, I think they're going to be very competitive this year. I took a look at their schedule. Mm-hmm. Only losses I give them is TCU, Oregon, USC, Utah. I think they're very capable of winning eight games right off the bat. Okay. Um, if I had to say out of those four teams which one they'd upset, i say TCU just because I don't know what their roster is going to be looking like. They lost a lot as well. But mm-hmm. I see them winning eight games off the rip. They got some five-star talent that they brought over with them. And, you know, a lot of people complain about Dion, but Lincoln Riley did the same thing, and I'm glad about it, right? We yep. got Caleb yep. Williams over there. We got Mario Williams over there. We brought over um, Makai Blackman. We brought over some players um, – that he recruited, and then they went to other schools, and now they spun the block, and they come, they came back uh, to Lincoln. So Lincoln Riley did the same thing. He brought his people with him, and so did Deion Sanders. I'm all for it, man. It adds a new excitement to the game, and Colorado was one of those teams, and hopefully they can get back there. Um, I don't yeah, think back they're in moving. The 90s. Yeah. I don't think they're moving to the Big Ten, so they have room to stand on the top of the mountain as, as the Pac-12 wants. Uh, you know, UCLA is leaving, USC is leaving, Oregon, I think, is leaving. So mm-hmm. they have room. They have room. So I'm excited, man. I think they get eight games this season, a possible 9-3 and three if they can knock off TCU early. Okay, okay. See, that's one thing I can definitely say uh, about all of our guests, including myself. We're all over the board about our predictions about how Colorado is going to end up. And that's the cool thing about it because we honestly don't know what what the hell team is going to be marched out there against TCO in that opener. Like they could be one of the best teams in the country or they could be chocolate and doo-doo. We don't know. We don't fucking know. But that's the beauty of it. So, uh since you've already shot your shot, you said eight games. Uh, Zach, where are you at? How many games will Colorado win? Uh, me and Brad got to get on more podcasts together because we got pretty much the same brain, man. Uh, yeah, I had them eight and four for sure. Okay. Uh, not nine and three with a potential upset against TCU. Uh, I think that that first game is going to be heavy for Dion. I think he's going to come out firing uh, on all cylinders, and I think they do take that game. So I, I put him more on the if you if you made me bet money. I'd go nine and three over eight and four, but I think eight and four is a comfortable line to, to sit at and, and kind of gamble with. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to be a super competitive team. I think they have the complete opportunity to win it early, like the first couple of years during that that conference. I think they could actually take it. So. I like that. I like that. So I'm gonna go opposite on you guys. I but before I do that, I want to say, like Brad just said, Coach Deion Sanders growing up one of my favorite players of all time. I remember playing, uh, what was it, NFL Game Day. Do you remember that PlayStation game that wasn't Madden? But I used to substitute Dion as my quarterback. And he was actually good at that shit. I could scramble with him and all of that. It It was crazy. It was like Mike Vick before Mike Vick. But Coach Dion Sanders, definitely one of my favorite all-time greats i want him to be so successful because like y'all said the gravity of what he's doing right now he he's a game changer he's wrecking he's literally wrecking the system before our very eyes and this is scaring a lot of people and me i always i'm an anarchist at heart so i love seeing that kind of shit but looking at that schedule we've already said pac-12 is uh very tough very challenging. He has some talent, challenging games ahead of him. I got him at five games. I got him winning five games this year. I got him winning five games. And honestly, I was at four games first. But I gave him one game because I started to look more into that roster, more into what they're doing. I want them to prove me wrong. I hope 
Coach Prime and Colorado proved me wrong because I just love seeing all of these people shook up because of what the hell he's doing. So uh, both of you guys got him at uh, eight and four. I got him at uh, five and seven. So Coach Prime, prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. Now here's where he could go seven and five and somebody sneak a game on him. Arizona State, they always play hard. They always play tough. So that could be a game that, you know, Arizona State pulls out and they beat Colorado. They're tough, man. They got a lot of good kids out in Arizona State talent-wise. Um, so that could be a game they drop two, which would put them at 7-5. and five. But I'm still going to stick with my 8-4. and four. I think Dion can get eight games right off the rip. I like that. I like that. In their uh, freshman quarterback, I don't know if you know, Jaden Rashada, he was supposed to go to Florida. But the NIL, that NIL collective yep. didn't come up with the check. And he was like, all right, man, I'm out. I'm yeah. going back back to the West Coast. So, yeah, man. for those kids. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Speaking of which, what are y'all thoughts on NIL? I mean, who, are we talking, who wants to go first? You go first. <laughs> uh, it's, it's incredible. These kids deserve to get paid. You know what I mean? They, they put their bodies on the line for these schools. And it's not like the NFL where you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to do a job. You're playing because you have heart. You're playing because you love the game. You're playing because you have you have tried and true colors for your school, and you're out there busting your ass for it. These kids deserve to get money, man. Absolutely. And for their name and likeness, anybody oh, yeah. else would do this shit. You know what I mean? They pay anybody else for that shit. Why not these kids? I think it's long overdue. Long overdue. I feel that. Brad, what you what are your thoughts, man? Oh, I mean, I'm with it a hundred percent. Like, um, like Zach just said, it's long, long overdue. I mean, look at the ramifications at USC. We lost a Heisman. We had to vacate a national championship um, because of the situation with Reggie Bush. But, I mean, it's criminal that you have a Reggie Bush on your campus. He's bringing in millions of dollars every Saturday, and the kid can't get a free burger. The kid can't get a car endorsement the kid can't go sign autographs and be compensated for it so i'm totally for it um athletics make money hand over fist and they need to start compensating these kids and just like with the video game they those video games make millions upon millions pay these children pay these kids so they can take care of their family and and also this gives a lot of the recruits and up-and-coming athletes something more to strive for, right? Not just being five-star, not just going D1, but getting their business together early in terms of you're a $100,000 athlete. You're a $1 million athlete. You know, that's something to really strive for coming out of high school. So I'm with it. It's great. I love to see it. Um, if the kid's a great kid and... He's a great talent. Yeah, put him on some commercials. Have him at my local, you know, whatever signing autographs. I'm I'm with it for sure. Mm. Or do you see any negatives with NIL? Um, yeah, I mean the only negative I see with the NIL is and this is not just with kids, but this is just with anybody. You give anybody a certain amount of money that never had that money or don't know how to manage that money well, then, you know, of course, it could be some drama. It can be some mismanagement. Of course, you're going to get people around you who want to use you and different things of that nature. Like the kids, man, I'm seeing these kids go out to California and they're in downtown penthouses, Corvettes. It's I'm a, legal. I'm going to put a clip of Barry Alexander's apartment yeah. right now. I mean, you go from the best of the best in Athens to the best of the best in L.A. The, but, yeah, the only thing is just money mismanagement. That's not just a kid thing. That's a human thing. So that mm -hmm. would be something I would say in regards to uh, a cautionary tale on the NIL. Zach, what are your thoughts? Are there any negatives with uh, NIL, at least in your opinion? Uh, just It's more of a uh, old school mentality way of thinking. I think it... it uh... 
kids are trying harder for a different reason now than kids were trying back then. Getting into mm. the league means something completely different these days than it did back in the day. Uh, I think so. They don't. They don't really have that mindset of fucking hustle, hustle, hustle. Get there. We got to get there because they're getting paid now. Which again, they absolutely fucking deserve it. But going into the NFL, they're going to be more. How do I put this? Eli Manning ish come draft time where they're like, I don't want to play there, and then they're going to fucking bitch and complain and be like, I already have money. I can wait the money out. And so I want to be on a certain team. So I think that's the kind of the, that's what we're going to start seeing oh, probably in the next like five, mm-hmm. five, ten years probably is kids just being like, nah, I'm good, man. I'll just sit here on the fucking million that I just got paid from McDonald's. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see the first player that just like bucks on the NFL. And he's like, Yeah, I'm good. I'm. I've already made multi millions in college football. Y'all aren't offering me enough, or the team that drafted me. I'm like, Screw you guys. So that's a very good point. My my concern with NIL, at least negatives, would be regulation. It's like not level playing fields with certain states. Now, my state is one of those that can benefit from NIL, honestly. It's not that many regulations. But when you go across the state line to uh, South Carolina, they don't have certain uh, – they have more provisions or – more uh, things in the way of them being able to just say, "Hey, we're paying you up. What's what's up? Come come be a gamecock." You know what I'm saying? So, I, me as a fan, I want I don't want it just to be the same four or five teams at the top of college football. Even though I am speaking from a place of privilege, being one of those teams currently, but definitely, yeah. <laughs> I want I want more teams to be able to go ahead and get some talent and bring a little bit more parity into the sport because like I said I I can understand a fan on the West Coast being annoyed with uh Georgia and Alabama making the playoff or Georgia and Auburn or Alabama Auburn making a pl- two of four spots like that shit kind of does suck if you're not represent it, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, Be I mean, let's let's say what it is though. The play is the play is representing it as well. We had our opportunity. I'm a, SC had their opportunity. We had our opportunity to get there. Even with one loss, we still had our opportunity. So it really boils down to the play. And and I think now if they would have put Alabama in the playoffs, I would have called foul. But I think yeah, I they've been. been doing the right thing as far as like like you said they put a cincinnati in they put a tcu in even though they got blew out they earned it so they're there that's true that's a good point that's a good point and you know the debate for the 14 playoff we can only do that for another year because once it goes to the 12 team playoff then it's a lot more teams in that guy so we're having yeah we're having a lot of fun when that happens oh yeah yeah um, quickly before we end it off, since we are talking about twelve team playoff to three SEC teams being in the playoff, dominating the field of twelve, and it's basically, long story short, we're just delaying the inevitable of two SEC teams in the final four. Yes. Zach, you got this. You started yeah. off. Yeah, uh, I mean, they can they can expand it all they want. It comes down to talent, right? And at this point in time, and for the last probably 10 years, the SEC has the talent, right? So you can't get mad at us for all of us being good. Yeah. Because it's not like, I mean, we have a couple of teams, you know what I mean, that aren't the best in the world. And we'll see what happens when Texas and uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma come in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, man, I mean, you can make it as big as you want. But, I mean, if you're not playing as well as us, then, then you can't get mad at us for always being at the top. Like, you can't. We're just... We're we're doing the same thing y'all are doing, just at a higher level. So if you want if you want to be where we're at, be better. That's, that's, that's like as simple as I can put it. Is just be better. It just seems like uh, the play the field of twelve is gonna quickly turn into SEC versus Big Ten. 100%. Because you got USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Like once you got USC, Michigan, Ohio State. You got the same problem over there than what you, you would here. argue yeah. down in the south. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Yeah, 
And, and if it keeps going in that direction, if it keeps being just those six teams just constantly going at it, they're going to be like, oh, we need a 20-man playoff. Oh, we where need does a 50, it stop? We need, we need a, right. Where does it end, right? So I think uh, I'm an advocate for the 12-man. I think they should have done eight. I think that that would have been a little better. See, ride that out for like two years the same way we rode out four. Ride out the eight and then see how that works. And if it's still as shitty as the four, then move to 12. But, I, yeah, I think we're going to be in the same position, at least for the next decade, of 10 teams in the country still being on top of the game. And it's just going to continue to be that way. So, I mean. Uh, Brad, what you think, bro? Um, I Again, <laughs> I agree. I, I think I thought 12 teams was too much. I was down for six. I was down for eight. I think 12 is a little excessive. Um, and I'm always under the um, mindset of everybody has their opportunity. You come out, you play, you win your games, and then see where you get. Now, if you're winning and you're not getting nowhere, then that's where we have a legit complaint. But when we're talking SEC, <clears throat> remember, Ohio State almost came back and upset Georgia. They missed the field goal, you know? So it's not like it's, the players aren't out there and the players aren't willing to work. It's about having the teams ready and having your teams uh, prepared to be champions. Yeah, there's you know some talent levels, but again, this is on the individual kid. Am I going to make the most of my opportunity? If so, how am I going to do that? Look at a Sauce Gardner, right? He was phenomenal at Cincinnati, and it paid dividends for the program and him as an individual as well. Look at Max Dugan. Look at some of these, uh, Quentin Johnson, all of these kids. Take Making the most of your opportunity where you're at. And when you do that, then you put the committees in a tough spot. You put the media in a tough spot. And overall, you have the fans say, hey, this team deserves to be there. They beat so-and-so. They're undefeated. They deserve to be there. So I feel like if you just win and do what you're supposed to do, Everything could take care of itself. I don't think the SEC is invincible. I just think a lot of teams come and they actually just play soft or be intimidated when they play yeah. against that. I was looking for it. I wanted Caleb Williams to take right. that matchup so I can be like, yo, this is what he can do. You right. know what I mean? So it's just about, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities you have. You win, you're in. That's always been the moniker. So just win, you get in. And, and it's as simple as that. And if you feel like, if people feel like there's a, um, a drop in talent, you always got to remember five stars are overrated. Two stars are underrated. So it's just all about what you want to put in, right? We had Joe McKnight and... Joe McKnight was supposed to be like the greatest yeah. he running to be back. The next Reggie Bush, yeah. Exactly. And he didn't pan out to be that. You know yeah. what I mean? We had Aaron Court. We had a bunch of guys that were supposed to be the next so-and-so and the greatest so-and-so that didn't pan out. So it's just about taking advantage of that opportunity. And I hope that all the coaches and the players and the teams look at it from that perspective instead of making this an argument about conferences and talent and different things of that nature. That's a good that's a good point. And that's I great I great definitely point. agree with you on that. All right, well, uh lastly, I'm gonna go off the cuff since all three of us are pro wrestling fans. I wanna know, gentlemen, who is the greatest college former college football player to become a professional wrestler? Yeah. Zach. Man, that's so hard because there's a lot out there, man. There, there really was. Uh, Baron fucking Corbin, let's go. Uh, <laughs> just again, just kidding. Again, just kidding. Uh, I think I'd be I'd be pretty stupid to not say Goldberg, right? Like I think that's I'd be pretty dumb, right? Just when it comes to magnitude and his capabilities and his longevity and okay, what he's still capable of. Yeah, I think it'd be dumb to not say Goldberg. Yeah, I feel that's that. A, I, feel, that's I like that. One. What you got, Brett? Um. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I got to go with our tribal chief here. I got to go with Roman Reigns. <laughs> right? Nice. Now, go nice. now Goldberg is in that top five. I have Goldberg there, Vader there, The Rock, of course. but And even Brock Lesnar, too. But I got to go with Roman Reigns right now. Um, he Great, great uh, college football player. 
good college football player, rather. I don't want to say great, mm-hmm. but good college football player. Um, and he translated well to wrestling. He's on top of wrestling right now. So I'm going to go with the obvious Roman Reigns with that one. I like, I like both of you all's answers. And, Zach, since you took my answer, I'm going to go with Slick Rick, Ric Flair. Although I don't know if he actually played college football because Ric Flair be lying. <laughs> he claims that he played college football, but where did, Ric where Flair did, be lying his ass off. Man. Where, did, where did he say he played at? Oh yeah, he said Minnesota or something. Yes, he did. He did say he played for Minnesota in the documentary. Yeah, I seen yeah. that too. I don't. I, seen I that. don't know. I'm, he was I'm fullback, good. right? I think he was a fullback or something. Man, he full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't know if he played, but he said he did. So hey, my vote is Ric Flair for the greatest of all that, time. Exactly. All right, gentlemen. Uh, wonderful podcast i really appreciate y'all coming to the podcast and talking college football with me but uh shout out to the people and zach let them know where they can find you online uh i am on instagram at zach underscore h with about 15 of them h's uh i'm also starting my own fantasy football podcast we're going to start shooting here in about the next couple of weeks. It's going to be the Triple Option Podcast. Nice. Uh, you, you can find that on Spotify. You can find it on Apple. You can find that uh, just about anywhere podcasts drop. Uh, yeah, we're getting heavy into that. I'd love to have both of y'all on, by the way. That'd be great. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I love it. Oh, I <laughs> love fantasy. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, where you can find me. Nice, nice. Brad, let the people know where they can find you, man. Uh, yeah, you can find me Facebook, Bradley Young Jr. Also, you can find me on Instagram at the Savage Figs underscore and the number two. Number two, we had a lot, a lot of great uh, USC players wore the number two. Deion Sanders wore the number two. Um, a lot of my favorite players wore 24, which is two, uh, two and four. So, uh, the Savage Figs underscore two on. Um, Instagram, Bradley Young Jr. on Facebook again. When the season kickoff, I'm deadline straight football, fantasy, NFL. That's it. If there's if boxing, if there's a good boxing match in between that time, cool. USC, whatever. But man, football, football, football. Nice, nice. And of course, you can catch Brad and myself as we're one half of we're all marks anyways podcast pro wrestling podcast we drop weekly on thursdays on all podcast platforms folks thank you again for listening be sure to follow us at suplex dinner club uh shout out to some international listeners i have looked and seen that we have a listener in switzerland now we have a listener in italy I don't know who the hell you are, but you probably know me, but shout out to you. And of course, shout out to the people, shout out to you guys listening and giving your love and support. Please share the podcast to your friends and family and on social media, because we are trying to grow a community of conversation and thought and, you know, some jokes here and there and some fun and love here and there as well. So uh every monday we drop dogs versus all y'all we talk college football wednesdays is cool conversations with some really interesting people uh within the hospitality industry on the life and times podcast so shout out to the people thank you again to my uh guests tonight really appreciate y'all i'm gonna definitely have y'all on uh hopefully before kickoff so we can get some predictions going so we can really show where our mental fortitudes are and all that good stuff. Oh, for sure, for sure. Hopefully put some people on some money. And listeners, have a wonderful week. And as always, go dogs. Final. (laughs) I'm editing that out. Them dogs as hell.
fuck these guys up. You go play the right way. You play the right way. You knock their ass off. You stay off the fucking ground. You tackle the fucking man with the ball. The shit's easy. Look at the right shit. Punish their ass on offense and kick their ass on special teams, guys. It's about who the fuck we are. I believe in you. Let's go. Hey.